A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Listeners, and welcome to this World Game Changers podcast episode. It's my absolute delight to welcome today a young lady from New Jersey in the United States of America, lady by the name of Rhea Mishra. Rhea, a very warm welcome to you. Hi, Paul. Thank you for having me. So, listeners, what are we going to talk about? What we're going to talk about indeed. We thought we'd borrow a line from the World Game Changers logo, the strap line to be more precise, and that strap line is planting the seeds for change. Ray, what does that, what do those few, those few words mean to you, planting the seeds for change? I think it's like, I mean, take an actual plant, you plant a seed and it grows into something beautiful often. And with our generation, I know personally, we all are very like forward with things, we're very active and we love to talk about things as much as we can. So I think with little things along the way, every slight, um, every little seed counts. Um, anything that we could do to help progress the world become a better place is kind of just a really good thing for us. Mm. There's an old saying, isn't there? And there's no such thing as a daft question. Well, I'm going to ask what the outside world might think is a daft question now. And I'm going to ask, why? Why do we need to change? Why does the world need to change? Does it need to change? Yeah, I mean, I definitely do think the world needs to change because looking at America personally, there's a lot of stuff going on. Take the Black Lives Matter movement, the Asian Stop Asian Hate Crimes, or the Palestine or LGBTQ, anything really. There's just a lot of stuff going on in the world that could definitely be in a better place. And I think with the help of younger people, just basically taking charge and moving forward, trying to help in any way they can, is just helping the world to become a better place. Mm, very, very interesting. Very interesting what you said there, Ray, around the younger people taking charge. That's a very assertive statement. I like that. Tell me, tell me your thinking behind that. I want to dig into that. So I think really, even just take social media, it's such a big platform today. There's so many different kinds. So you have TikTok and Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter. Like there's so many different places. And like just talking in person itself as well. Taking charge, I would say really, is kind of just expressing your own individuality as and your beliefs for me personally is that I like to always I wouldn't say fight I would say I guess argue with people it's it's like a I don't know how to put this into words I think it's it's more like um there's so much going on in the world right now and even just the smallest thing that we could do really makes a difference like we said planting the seeds for change in a in a 
place that's empty, there's no trees, the smallest tree can make a difference. Like you could add on to nature, produce more oxygen. It's kind of like that in that sense. Mm. Well, I mean, they're good initiatives, and indeed that's something that World Game Changes has already been responsible for, planting three, se three seeds, even <laughs> three forests in, um, in Ghana, food forests in Ghana. So I absolutely, um, you know, agree with that, definitely agree with that. I want to go back, I want to take you back to that statement around, and I'm paraphrasing now, this this young people, what, what came through to me? You own that statement. That was impressive. That on behalf, what I felt there, please challenge me, correct me if I'm wrong, but what I felt there energetically was he was a spokesperson for the younger generation. Do you know what? Older generation, inverted commas, we've had enough. We're fed up of the inverted commas, older generation, making all these decisions. Look what a mess the world's in. It's time for youth to have its voice now. Am I am I wrong to assume to to say that that's what I heard? I thought I heard you say. Yeah, no, I definitely do think that you are right. I think the youth definitely does deserve to have their voice now. I think there's always a misconception with younger people is that oh they're just kids. They don't understand what they're saying. It's just a phase for them. But I think personally especially with the people I'm surrounded with, we're all mature enough to realize when things aren't right or wrong. And obviously, yeah, we are kids. We're still learning. That's definitely true. But I think it's it's not fair that adults sometimes tend to just say, oh, just ignore them. They're not, they're just, you know, they're just trying to have fun in their lives and argue. So I definitely don't think that's kind of a fair stereotype about kids. Mm, I totally agree with that. Absolutely, totally agree. Is the truth of the matter, Ray, that the, the success, if that's even the right word, is going to be found somewhere in the middle of the two? So the younger generation haven't got the monopoly, neither have the older generation, but by unity, by coming together and bridging that gap that you spoke about, it's definitely there throughout the world, irrespective of culture, it's there. You know, if I had a, a euro for every time, well, these young ones today, they don't know they're born. You know, it's like, well, I'm challenging when I hear that statement. Well, have you actually took the time to speak to a young person and ask what's going on in the world rather than just judging? And the answer is invariably no. Well, they, they should, you know, I mean, when I was brought up as, as a child, Rhea, the, the, uh, the phrase was children should be seen and not heard. Yes, exactly. That phrase. I think we're in a world where that is definitely changing. There's so many kids fighting for their rights itself. Um, and I think I would say like looking at the different, you have your different generations, like you have your baby boomers and your millennials and Generation Z and now Generation X is also coming in. I mean, Generation X is pretty young right now, but I think with millennials and Gen Z, there's they're kind of closer and there's like a lesser age gap. So that kind of saying is definitely being changed more towards where the kids from from our I would say 2000s or the late 90s are they're getting older they're old enough to vote now um, old enough to have families even some of them so I think people are more inclined to listen to them mm. as yeah I find it so refreshing to hear this I really do listeners 
that you know we've got young people throughout the world and i'm privileged to speak to a lot of them so you know older generation just be careful when you think you know we've always done it this way so we're always going to do it that way just be careful to quote Bob Dylan, the winds are changed, they're blowing, and they're blowing hard and fast, so just be careful, because there is a more balanced way of, uh, of being that's emerging naturally. And isn't the truth of the matter, if we can use the metaphor of the riverbank, you know, the old solid way of being, that riverbank stays there solid and firm, and that's needed for the younger flow to go down the middle and gracefully, with ease, just and the two complement each other. There's no there's no flow without the riverbank, and, and what's the point of the riverbank without the flow? The two are hand in glove, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. And I think there is also a common misconception that young, the younger generation is trying to fight the older generation, like they want to get rid of the older ways. Certain things, yes, we don't like that happened. Like in the old days, we don't like those things, but also we can't get to where we want without the help of older people and the older generation. So I think it's more that we want to fight with them and not against them, which is kind of a hard concept for many people to understand, I feel like. Mm. The, when, you, when you said there, Rhea, there's some things that you'd like to get rid of with the, uh, with the older generation. Give me an example. What is it that, you know, either speak on behalf of yourself personally or, you know, on behalf of your peers, yeah, I think. Like? Yeah, I think there's a very big stigma about mental health. Personally, for me, as someone who's struggled with things like that in the past, um, it's a huge issue. There's so many different components and parts to it. Like you have, you have like depression and anxiety and bipolar disorder. Then you have PTSD coming from a lot of old war veteran veterans also sometimes. So I think there's a stigma around that, that some people may think that, oh, it's not real. People just do it for attention. That's something we would like to change. And I know also with um, LGBTQ and that community also, there's a lot of stuff, There's um, again, a lot of stigma around there. Like I've personally met people who said that, oh, like women who are part of the community just do it for attention. It's not real or, um, only type of real people in the LGBTQ community are trans people because they're born that way. So I think those are two of the biggest things. And I'm we're starting to bridge, like build the cultural divide. Like it's getting better, the bridge between, oh, like there's a certain type of culture between this type of people and this type of people. So I think that one's getting better, but definitely I do think mental health and LGBTQ is probably the biggest things. I'm going to show my age now. Uh, our more senior listeners might recall from decades ago, there was um, a gentleman called Sir Harry Seacombe. And he made, I think he only made one record, and it was called If I Ruled the World. I want to ask you, Ray, if you ruled the world, what would that look like? I mean, obviously, like, there's so many things we want to fix, like world hunger, poverty, no war, um, just everyone kind of peacefully coexisting with each other. But we know like that's not entirely possible. There's always going to be issues. But I definitely do think that I think just making it a fair and equal world for everyone where everyone has the same rights 
and same kind of representation and everything is what really matters, no matter who they are or what they identify as or what they look like. Just made a note of something. So what, what, if, what I'm hearing you saying, I think, is this, this thing in the world called unity. There's a great, great need for unity. Yes, definitely. I think there's so much going on in the world. If we could all just come together to kind of maybe even fix that, it would just make the world a better place overall. So in many respects, Emery, when we talk about, you know, unity and, you know, getting together, collaboration, co-creation and all that necessary, um, that beautiful stuff, is it fair to say that unity starts with you? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like I know in my circle of friends and family, I've, I'm kind of like one of the most outspoken ones. I always, I'm always the first to read about new issues and I always bring it up into discussion. And even in school, like we have a lot of clubs and everything. And personally, I was actually thinking of starting one too, but somebody else beat me to the punch. So I won't be able to start a club like that because we already have one, but I think, I definitely do think I would love to lead something like that moving forward. Why don't you, here's a suggestion that this is, shouldn't put you on the spot like this, but I'm going to, because I know you're a, a young person that's got the, uh, you've got that inner confidence. I'm feeling the energy, even though we're talking over Zoom, I'm feeling that energy and that assertiveness and taking that responsibility. That's, that's inspiring. So I'm going to put this to you. Just for something to think about in terms of, use your language, forming a club in school, why don't you form a World Game Changers club? Because when that unity starts with you, everybody, no, I shouldn't say everybody, what a sweeping statement that was. What a, what a generalisation, listeners. Everybody. How dare you, Paul? You should know better. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play with this a little bit and say, well, most people, stroke a lot of people, they, they don't do anything because they always think the person next to them is going to do it anyway. Well, what's the point of me doing it? Because they're going to do it anyway, and I'll let them do it. Is, is that a fair comment? Yeah, and I definitely think we saw a trend of that this year with the Black Lives Matter movement that took place. For the first couple of months, everyone was talking about it. You had shirts and um so many different things like there was posts everywhere like you could not go on social media without seeing at least five of those posts and I think after a couple of months it kind of just died down I mean I, it's still very important and personally I still talk about it um and my friends still do but there's a lot of people who just posted it at that talked about it at that time because it was really popular or it was trending at that moment I didn't think that's something that's not good is that people just talk about something because it's trending in the moment. Like talk about it because you feel bad about it because you want to do something to change it. Don't just like hop on the bandwagon and be like, Oh, everyone's posting. I should post too to look like a good person. Do it because you truly want to help. No, like. Mm. What a beautiful attitude. What a beautiful, profound attitude. I want to, um, I'm going to float with this and play a little bit of devil's advocate again really, on this. Black Lives Matter thread that you've, you've mentioned a couple of times and offer a 
a comment that's come back to me amongst my many conversations with people around the world. Yeah, but Paul, all lives matter. Okay, well, here's the thing with all lives matter. Yes, they do, but I think all you can't say all lives matter and then have such a suppression of black lives that don't matter. Like you're saying, okay, yeah, we care about everyone. Everyone's life matter, no matter their skin color or culture. Okay, fine. If they do, then why have black people been so oppressed in the past? Why is there so much against them? Like, why don't they have some of the same rights that um, white people do? Is what I'm saying. It can't be all lives matter until all lives truly do matter. Mm. I can see both sides of the coin on that debate. I really can. I can see both sides of the coin because the reality is, I mean, you, you framed it beautifully when you said about, you know, I use, I use my own words, ticking boxes, and, you know, because it's trendy to, you know, getting on the conversation. But, you know, the reality is when we talk about oneness and, you know, we talk about equality, it is exactly that. So I don't think we can kind of, on the one hand, pick and choose when it suits because we're yeah, united exactly. or we're not. And at the risk of sounding controversial, that, that statement is very black and white, it's polarised. We're either in on it and we believe in, you know, compassion and com caring for you know, human beings and, well, not just for human beings, for beings, full stop. Um, or we don't. Or is that being too general, Rhea? No, I think it's, I think that's fine because I think we've also seen a trend of this in the past, like going back to like World War One. there was like the stigma against Germany. And then we had um, the whole thing against women and women don't have the right to vote or they, they're only meant to work in the kitchen or in the house. And then we moved past that when like women fought against it, we moved past that. Then we had again, like the whole, issue with Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks and all the civil rights movement. And I think it's just always been a trend that there's always somebody who's oppressed and that's not going away. So that's definitely something that the world does need to work on. Hmm. Let me go back to this unity starts with you. And I offer this as a, as a suggestion. Would it be true, Rhea, that if every single individual on the planet did the inner work or raise their awareness around you know just being a slightly better version maybe of themselves but in whatever that looks like i mean there again that's a very general statement but taking that personal responsibility for saying as a human i'm allowed and i won't say i won't use the phrase uh, make mistakes because there are no mistakes there's only a learning path yeah but if we took that individual responsibility by the fact that tomorrow I may be a little bit better, tomorrow you're maybe a little bit better, there's two that's already a little bit better, times that by seven or eight billion, all of a sudden the world is a dramatically different place, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, 100%. I do think people say that, oh, yeah, I mean, I just, I made a mistake of not paying attention to the news. Okay. But also, like you said, it's, there's no such thing as mistakes. It's more of a learning path. And I definitely do think, yeah, people may not be as aware of things going on. And 
like they may not be able to do as much as they can, but I think raising awareness in any way is important. Just talk about it. Like I know people ask like, oh, can you donate money or can you donate this? Not everyone has like the facilities or ways to do that. So if you can't do something physically, just talk about it. It's like talking about everything will obviously spread the word and it will get to people who can actually physically do something about it. It's kind of like I always say, like, it's a piece of gossip. You know, you hear something about someone at school and by like within the next two hours, the entire school knows. So if you can talk about that thing, you can definitely talk about like issues in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I keep using the word responsibility. Yeah, exactly. Responsibility. And it doesn't have to be massive, really, does it? You know, that small baby step each day, you know, it doesn't. But it makes so much difference because all of a sudden, I mean, look at the energy, the synergy between you and I on this two, this conversation. What the outside world would say, blimey, you know, the, these two guys are so polarised in every way, gender-wise, age-wise, culturally. Well, maybe on those labels we're polarised, but the reality is in, be, in terms of beings, we're very, very united. We're speaking, yeah. we're using different, slightly different words, but boy, are we on the same sheet saying the same thing? We're just too rare. Yeah, exactly. And I think the smallest change makes a difference. Like, like you said, baby steps. Like anything. At least, like I could pick up a pen, and that would make a difference. You know, pick up a pen and sign a petition, even though, like, I'm not physically like being able to pay money or donate something. I'm putting my name on something that I believe in. You know, just doing anything in any way is helping change better mm, brilliant absolutely brilliant so imagine then because one of the things i've come to know in terms of taking that personal responsibility and am i am only responsible for me no one else ultimately yeah exactly and one of the things i know to be true as an absolute or a universal truth is um, with, within that responsibility is we are formed or we the outcomes that we emerge at is influenced by the stories we tell ourselves. What story are we saying to ourselves? You know, are we using victim language? Poor old me. You know, words have energy. Words have power. And how we string those individual words together to create a sentence, to create a paragraph, to create a chapter, to create a book, to create a light. Everything, everything matters. So, yes, black lives matter. Yes, all lives matter. Hashtag all words matter. Yeah, definitely. And I think a huge part of that is also looking at people we've grown up with as role models. and. A lot of them can be like celebrities in the entertainment world or even political figures nowadays. And I think seeing how they're fighting for change in the world is also inspiring their younger fan base. Or, And I think that's really just something, kind of like a chain reaction. You see someone you look up to do something and then everyone follows and then just it just like keeps going like a domino. So the story, the story, tell me about the story of Rhea. So once upon a time in a far off land in the United States of America, lived a young princess by the name of Rhea. 
and she had a magic wand and she knew that one day she would strike that magic wand and all of a sudden the world would be <laughs> what would the world be? I know I've asked you that question, but I'm going to bring you back to the question, really, in the context of maybe, maybe becoming a World Game Changes ambassador. So within your school, there is that. You know, use your imagination, use your energy, use your assertiveness, your love. We haven't used that word. It's very unusual, listeners, isn't it? This is how long are we into this podcast recording? 25 minutes. I've not used that L word. That's almost unique. But isn't essentially what we're talking about, Area? Aren't we talking about love? Love of all beings. Yeah, exactly. And I think we really saw that. I mean, going back to June, because we know June is Pride Month, love is love. Like, it shouldn't affect you who somebody else loves, you know? Like, if there are other people doing what they want, let them do that because it's their life. It doesn't affect you in any way. And I think it's just love is love, you know? I mean, and not just in sense of romantic love, there's also love between friendship and love between family. And then you have a love between um, a fan and their favorite celebrity or someone they look up to. There's so many different kinds of love. And I think, I really do think that's something that's kind of a big kind of power and maybe tap into that a little more and that can definitely help um, bring change to the world. Mm. So other than taking personal responsibility for our own story, what story are we telling ourselves? The other one that I've come to know after, you know, a few years on this beautiful planet is the power of self-love. The power yes. of self-love is immense. Yeah, I think self-love is, I mean, if I pull from experience of my own and from around me, I would say self-love is kind of something a lot of people struggled with this past year, especially with the pandemic. Mm. And some people got better at it. Some people got worse at it. And I think it's because people either use the pandemic as a time to get become a better person, learn more, educate themselves or stay fit or something. Or people also took it as I'm losing so many people. So many people are dying in the world or I'm losing so many friends. I don't have anyone less. And like the kind of self-worth they had kind of diminished. So I think that's also something a lot of people do need to work on because I think love yourself first before you can love anybody else is always a saying I think is very important to me. Mm. I just want to bring in, as we, as we start to come towards a close, something we, you know, much has been said over the last 12, 18 months around the COVID pandemic. I'm going to challenge that. And I'm going to challenge it in a parallel that I, you know, I've heard so many challenges around the Black Lives Matter stroke, all lives matter debate. Yes, there is no denying that the COVID, um, virus, COVID virus has been absolutely catastrophic. There's no, I mean, probably you'd have to be living on another planet not to have seen that. So there's no denying that. However, I would challenge that there has been something far more devastating that's been around from the year dot, and that's the pandemic of fear. And nobody seems to do anything about that. Yeah, I would say that's definitely true. I think we saw the minute they announced, oh, we're going into lockdown, people ran to grocery stores and everywhere, just bought everything everywhere, like even if they didn't need it. Like I saw people buying like um, bags of, 
photo frames and stuff like okay you're not gonna go anywhere you're not gonna take so many photos why do you need this many photo frames you're like oh I don't know I don't know I might need it for something but it's just like that fear definitely did overtake people and I think they just bought whatever they could and that really just I don't know kind of Mm -hmm. became such a big thing like we saw a toilet paper roll shortage hand sanitizer shortage like so many things were just gone that shouldn't have been gone Mm. And it's not just that. I mean, that is a you know a prime example of um, specifically whatever, as you say, over the last eighteen months, COVID-related. But when we look at fear, and going back to you know the story we tell ourselves, you know this this whole thing, who am I, and the identity, who we think we are, is laced with fear. You know, if something something happens, we tend to think, oh, well, you know, the worst will happen, the outcome will be X. And it's 99 times out of all it's fear-driven. And it's only our mind getting carried away with ourselves. And that brings us right back, really, doesn't it, to this unity starts with you. If we can just reframe that within our own mind, doesn't need anybody else's permission, anybody else's pro- approval. You know, we're in that proverbial dark room, just me, myself, and I. And... I'm going to take that responsibility. And I have a choice the way that I look at those inverted commas, dark challenges out there. I have a choice. Yeah, I think definitely like just not looking at COVID. If we go to the go past, like I know there was there was fear during the world war. And again, during any war, obviously you're gonna have fear. And I think also, if I if you look on a deeper level and a personal self, I know so many people who say their biggest fear is ending up alone in life, or their biggest fear is not being able to accomplish anything monumental. And I think that's fear is one of the biggest pandemics, I would say, but it's also one of the biggest drivers of people. Like I think it's what pushes so many people that, oh, I don't want to fail, so I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep doing that. So I think it's it, it's kind of it's black and white like you said before like there's a dark side to it but there's also a lighter side to it that kind of keeps people going and pushes them forward you know that's what we have in our, as, as humans isn't it we have our shadow side and uh people say well, if only i could get rid of my shadow side and you yeah. don't shadow side learn to dance with it learn to and it's a bit like the inner child embrace the inner child nurture the inner child exactly rather than, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Chastise it and give it a yeah. Okay, I want to ask you one big question, um, as I always do, Ria, with guests. But before I do that, I want to invite you in to share your contact details, how people can reach out to you, find out more about, you know, who you are, what you do, social media. It's up to you. Yeah, so my... You could reach out to me via Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter, I would say. Instagram was just my name, at Rhea.Mishra, with two A's at the end. My Twitter is Mishra underscore Rhea, and then my TikTok is RhiaMishra11. Okay. So, the big question. Are you ready for this? The big question. Big drum roll. Big entrance. Is... Is this young lady from a far off, far off land that we spoke about earlier on entering the world stage? One thing, just one thing, I talked about that uh, metaphorical magic wand you have, the one thing that you can change here now that will have a dramatic 
knock on effect. There's many things you've talk, you've mentioned quite a few of them. Pick out one. That's a big question. Um, I think I would say really the problem of I would say maybe hunger, like world hunger. I think no matter what, everyone deserves to no one deserves to go to sleep on an empty stomach. And I think that's probably one of the most pressing issues in the world, although it's kind of overlooked at times. So I think fixing that would probably be something I would love to do. And I think everyone deserves to have a full meal or a happy meal, you know, just go to bed, not hungry, I think is the best. Super. Ria, I want to thank you so much. I found your views very refreshing. I, I found them very authentic. You've owned them. I really appreciate the energy that you've, uh, you know, you've shared with me on this podcast. So immense gratitude to you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really love talking about all this. You know, it's just it's amazing to help in any way I can. So there we have it, listeners. Ria Mishra from New Jersey in the United States of America. And uh, I'm going to wager that I'll have uh, another conversation uh, when we finish off air with her, because as I say, that wasn't toast rhetoric there when I said how impressed and you know, how enjoyable it really was. Uh, I find it so refreshing that uh, people, young people, do take this responsibility and they have got that courage to own their, uh, you know, their convictions. So, um, yeah, I'm sure we'll have another chat. But until then, listeners, all that remains now is to be to sign off by saying, as I always do, remember the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond?